Sleepers Podcast Feast Week is here. That's some energy to start the show today, folks. Get up out your seats. It's Thanksgiving week. It's Maui Invitational week. It's Battle for Atlantis week. It's Detroit Lions Green Bay Packers week. And I got my best friend in the world here with me. It's Carter Elliott on the Sleepers Podcast. Carter, how you doing in your Honolulu blue? Hey, you're looking at a winner, okay? I'm coming off a Michigan State dub against Butler. I'm coming off a Michigan State football dub on the road to get the mother bleeping spittoon in the in the streets of Bloomington. I'm coming off of a 12-point fourth quarter comeback win after uh, Justin Fields wanted the salsa all up and down my sideline, the, the place I put blood, sweat, and tears in every Sunday for years after years to come back and win a divisional game to improve to 8-2 and two, from for the first time since I wasn't allowed to eat in the same restaurants as you, Greg, like literally that's the last <laughs> time my team was eight and two. And then Michigan state basketball wins again today. And I get the podcast with you at the end of it with a nice ginger rail tequila with a little bit of little spritz of lime in a cup with my French bulldog's face and name on it. I don't I, I would ask you who has it better than me, but I don't want to hear the answer because you'd be lying because no one has it better than me currently. That's my favorite introduction you've ever done on one of these shows. I think we've probably done probably like twelve hundred podcast recordings together over the last couple of years. This it just feels warm. It feels fuzzy. It feels home. Now, I have to give you a little bit of grief immediately, though. We've recorded some recaps, and in between, I was like, I'm going to upload these, and then we're going to come back and reconvene. And the last words I left you with were, Go make yourself a refill, and you nodded. You have not made yourself a refill based on what's going on in that cup right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, let's go. Don't you ever in your life, my friend. I mean, yeah. never. I love you so much, Car. This is going to be a really fun week. Uh, hey, let's do some quick announcements at the top. Uh, maybe I might need to like formally announce this a little better later in the week once we have things a little more tightened up, but, uh, I can announce as much as I think I can announce right now. And then we'll go from there. We want to do a bunch of previews and recaps. That's our model. We we're going to commit to this model and we're going to see how it works. Uh, state of the sleepers real quick. Our YouTube channel is growing like crazy. Subscribers are up. It's awesome. Watch hours by every metric, views themselves, hours, all of it are up every single week over week, basically since we've started doing the daily episodes. It's a credit to everybody who supports us, number one. It's a credit to anybody who watches this ever that we are in a position where we're growing. That's great news. Uh, in light of my job stuff, you and I had some conversations and I said, look, if there's ever going to be a time to go like all the way, all the way in and see what happens, it would be now because suddenly I have the bandwidth to do it. You looked me dead in the eyes and said, we're doing this. Now, here we are. Um, what that means, our plan is we're going to have these daily episodes as usual in podcast form. Nothing's going to change with that other than some of the topics we would normally talk about are now going to be split into additional content that you're going to get. So our topics will need to be a little more creative here and there. Um, but in the short term, it means for a lot of key teams and key games, the biggest games of the day, almost every day of this season, Monday through Friday, there's going to be previews and recaps on the Sleepers Media channel. It will not always just be Carter and I. A lot of them will be. Probably 70% of them will be Carter and I. 
A lot of them will also include some special friends. We are going to partner with the boys over at Heat Check to deliver this content in video form, specifically Riley Davis, uh, Heat Check founder Eli Bedeker, and Brian Ralph. Brian's been on the show before. Uh, Riley obviously is on the show every single week. We love these guys. They've been really excited about it. Connor Hope also going to be involved. I shouldn't leave him out of this announcement. We're really, really excited to get these guys involved. Um, on a week-to-week basis, it could look different. You never know. But going into this, that's the plan. We want to collaborate with Heat Check. Heat Check will probably help promote it in some ways. We'll probably be promoting Heat Check. Collaborative effort. Run it all through the Sleepers channel. And uh, most importantly, you will have more content for these games, previewing and recapping the best games in college basketball for the entire remainder of the season. I'm really excited about it. Cart, any thoughts, anything you want to add sentiment-wise before we take on this undertaking that starts in the busiest week of the year in Feast Week when we probably have Thanksgiving plans? <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm excited because this gives us an opportunity to not be put into a bubble because, one, I don't like bubbles, and, two, I definitely don't like to be put in bubbles. And we watch a lot of college basketball – and yes, we might get thrown into the Big Ten like kind of hat or whatever it is, but we watch so much basketball and we have a, I, you know, I'm tuning our own horn here, but I feel like we got a pretty, pretty good grasp and uh, a way of talking about other basketball conferences and teams. And it, we, we would be selling ourselves short if we did not talk about that. So I think we're giving ourselves a chance to talk about it. We're also giving ourselves a chance to collaborate with some people we think extremely highly of who we think will be great at doing this as well. And uh, for anyone who doesn't follow the Heat Check guys, uh, they've been doing some great stuff to start the year as far as like getting more on video stuff. So we're, we're just looking to help that and aid that and do something to help us both out. So I, I think it'll be it'll be great and it'll work out uh, perfectly. Also, Eli's last name is pronounced Botager, not whatever you said before. It's not pronounced Botager. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it it a thousand percent is. His last name is pronounced Botager. Yeah, Botager. I'm literally about to Google. There's just no way that's how you say his last name. How are you gonna Google how to pronounce Eli's last name? He's not John F. Kennedy. It's not, but it's it's spelled B O E T T G E R. How is that Botager? Yeah, Botager. There's no E after the T's. It can't be T. It's an E. It's silent. It would be Betger or Boetger. We can figure it out after this. I'm okay. pretty sure I'm right. I, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Also, when you Google Eli, he has one of the coolest Google profiles I've ever seen. Does, he have, up, does he have a Wikipedia page? It pops up immediately with like a profile on the right with his Twitter and LinkedIn that says writer with a link to Heat Check and says Eli is a college basketball writer and founder of Heat Check, CBB.com. He has previously worked for blah, 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 including USA Today and Sporting News. Damn, we're in business okay. with a good man. This is nice okay. stuff. Uh, yeah, no, you, you said it, you said it all. I gave the logistics, you gave the sentiments, but, um, bottom line is we're fans of these guys. We have been even long before we got into the industry. It's a pleasure that we've got to know some of them personally. Obviously we've already been collaborating with them as far as Riley and Brian go and, uh, behind closed doors, there's been a lot of conversations with them all summer of, Hey, maybe there's a more strategic alliance we could have here. We just never really knew what that was. And then all of a sudden I got laid off and we had a lot of bandwidth and our videos were doing great. And now here we are with an opportunity that is a lot of makes a lot of sense to plug and play some of the very talented men at Heat Check. So um, that's the plan. If you open up a video this week and you see someone who's not Carter or I's face on it, 
Don't be surprised. Uh, our goal is to have at least one of us on most of these. And if we're not on one of these, the one and only Riley Davis, who I, is it fair to say Riley's the third sleeper at this point? Uh, no, because you made a promise to me that we would change the demographic of the next sleeper. You're right. You're right. I'm still very willing to hire Dion immediately, by the way. I am too, but I, I don't know if we'll be able to locate Dion nowadays. <laughs> who knows what he's up to? It's, uh, I think he checks in on the episodes. That's the only important thing to me. Uh, and then last thing I just want to add to this, um, we're we're announcing this as like a joint partnership or a joint venture between heat check and sleepers, because that's where this is starting in my head vision wise for this. Uh, I, I could, I want to be able to use this as a platform for talented people that want to talk college basketball. So I don't think there's necessarily a limitation to just the guys from heat check right now that are doing this and just us uh, just not to name drop, but some other people we've considered maybe collaborating with this on include Kevin Sweeney, uh, Tristan Freeman. I've never even talked to about this, but Tristan, if you're listening to this, I want you to know, I think you'd be great at this and it would be a pleasure to work with you on this. So uh, in my head, there's a lot of talented people who love this sport that uh, may even say out loud, Hey, I want to do more on video to cover this sport. I think we've built a very, very strong video foundation. I know how to do this game, not to toot my own horn, but uh I know I can spot you in the corner, right? I know I can produce and edit and promote videos. So I want to use this as a platform. If anybody's listening to this, it's like, hey, I want to get more involved in video. Um, certainly open to that in the future. But for now, this is heat check and sleepers as we're going to kind of wade into these waters, see how it goes. And uh, maybe this will expand broader if this really works and people gravitate toward it. Have we already worked out our collab name yet? Can it be heaters? Hmm. I don't hate that. I like sleep. that. Do you like that better than sleep check? Sleep check kind of slaps. I was going to say sleep, but that that's like the stuff you slip on in the snow, right? We don't want that. Yeah, we don't want that. Also, sleep check sounds a little scary. Yeah, I could see I could see some issues arising on that. We'll work on it. Luckily for us, we got you on one end and then also Eli on the other end, who is a, a creative genius behind the scenes who doesn't get to show that enough. So yeah. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I'm also just really excited for people to watch videos of other people that aren't me but are Caucasian and then blame me for their takes. Like, that's honestly, that's why. We have, like, Brian, Ralph, and Eli in now, and people are going to watch that and be like, damn, Greg knows some ball today. Like, he's, he's really doing good. One line uh, – I forget who said this from the Heat Check side. It might have been Brian, but when we were at the Final Four, we were kind of flirting together. We were literally just at a table all flirting, like, how do we do this? And uh, Brian, I think it was Brian – Maybe it was Connor. Somebody said, uh, we've always felt like we're the Discovery Channel, but we need our Shark Week. And that, when when they said that, it clicked in my head of like, oh, wait a second. We could really be valuable to y'all. <laughs> so those guys uh, have a great reputation for being some of the smartest people that cover college basketball. We want to be taken more seriously as smart people that cover college basketball. We have a great reputation as some of the most, I think, entertaining people that cover college basketball. Those guys want to be taken more seriously as entertainers beautiful match here we are you're going to get previews and recaps from us collaboratively so looking forward to it until we get a weekend realize this isn't working and everybody tells me they have no bandwidth then this will die and you never heard about this from me uh cart let's get to the comments do you want to start with your youtube comment of the day i do one second here let me pull this up i'm not gonna say what i always say i'm just gonna get right <laughs> into it don't don't let me get if okay, you say I, that, it defeats the purpose. What? 
you can't like come on and say that you're thinking about not saying what you normally say. That's even worse. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I got two comments because I think they both should be addressed. Uh, one, this comes from Charlie Wienerstrom. Jesus. <laughs> that's what that's what that or Wienerstrom. I don't, sorry, you can correct me if you listen to this. Over or under, Coleman Hawkins is the first or second best player on Illinois in nine and a half games for the remainder of the season, 27 games remaining. Under. Under. Yeah, I was I was trying to think if there's like something I'm missing with that. That feels like an easy under because Taron Shannon's on the floor for all those games. Yeah, so he'd be the second. But are they? Are, is he trying to say that Coleman won't be the second best player? Did he say second best or best? He he said over or under Coleman is the first or the second best player on Illinois oh. in nine and a half games for the remainder of the season. I didn't hear the over. or the second best. I just heard yeah, over the best over. Yeah, I'll take the so over. twenty seven games remaining. He's the second or first best player for ten more games. Yeah, yeah. no, the Col- Coleman's your Coleman's your second best or best player in at least half of the remaining games. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and the other one I wanted to read was on our Michigan State Butler game recap uh, from State Line Fury. You guys are spending too much time together. I really look forward to your podcast, but your petty arguing is a turnoff. Hmm. I mean, we do spend too much time together. Yeah, I love you, though. I mean, it's it's very possible that hmm, it's it's possible that's absolutely accurate. But I also think there's a small contingent of people who come to our show for the petty arguing. True. And also, I think if you don't watch or tune in frequently, you would think that's like a. I don't know. You think it's a bad thing? I feel like it's just it's just it's normal. Yeah. Also, like, I mean, look, when Michigan lost, like people tuned in to see me be miserable. Like that's kind of part of the gig. So like when you're happy and I'm miserable or vice versa, like there's going to be a back and forth here that I I would hope adds some entertainment value to the show. I certainly don't want it to hurt the entertainment value of the show. So if it is, we need to adjust that just like we have adjusted the uh, reactions to games. So I'll take that comment to heart. I'll try to be less petty. And right now, Cart's on the high end of the happy scale and I'm on the low end of the happy scale. I think we're off to a pretty good chemistry start this episode. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks to the YouTube comments. Appreciate uh, Jeffrey Weiner and whatever MSU Dateline was. Sports Fury. Oh, MSU Sports Fury. Okay. Uh, can we go to the Discord comments? Let's do it. All right. We'll start with Booby. Who uh, Booby keeps making a bunch of graphics for us right now, and uh, I appreciate the initiative from Booby. We've been tweeting out some of them on a day to day basis. So uh, respect and love to you, my friend Booby. He says. Uh, he, I think this is a quote from a John Rostein tweet. Maybe he says, Jadon Ledee is playing like the Mountain West player of the year and an all American 25 and eight as San Diego state Trump St. Mary's in Las Vegas. And then he says, I still have the clip of Carter dogging on my Ledee call out hashtag. I keep receipts. I do because uh, yeah, he has been hooping so far, but let's not act like for the last seven summers of college basketball, we haven't got a John Rostein tweet or just a statement from everybody saying that that guy's going to break out. Okay, it's if if he has been hooping this year, I'll give you that. Maybe the breakout's finally coming. If he does, that's great. He should have been doing it. We've been waiting on a breakout to happen for the last decade. So, you you had some better callouts than that, Booby. I don't think you need the victory lap this one. 
I'll know if I'm on Booby's side or Carter's side here in 20 minutes when I find out if San Diego State covers or remains in a dogfight with a dog Washington team. That's where I'm at right now. Uh, Fino's burner. Fino is a Jalen Hooch Fino reference, by the way. It says, is Long Beach State beating Wright State? Uh, yes. Well, well, wait, hold on. Full strength Wright State? Well, actually, even full strength. Yeah, they are. Because that, cause that Wright State team cannot stop anybody. Yeah. They can't stop anybody. Yeah, Wright State doesn't really want a guard. That's not part of it. Um, And I, I don't know that Long Beach State does too, but they at least look like they try a little more. I don't think we spent enough time on this element of the Long Beach State-Michigan thing. Um, Long Beach State is okay. They're not good. Michigan should have won the game. They should have won by 15 to 20 points. But, like, Long Beach State's okay. They're They're much closer to James Madison than they are like some bum. They're not James Madison. If James Madison played Long Beach State on a neutral, I would bet on James Madison to win. But yeah. they're close. They're closer. Yeah, it's like a I could see Long Beach State doing something to like be a 16 seed that's like fun. Long Beach State could win a tournament game. Like they they have the upside of a team that wins one game in the NCAA tournament. They do. Offensively, they can play. I, yeah, offensively they could play. I'm not there, but I, I see why you're there. They could catch fire on a night and and beat a team. I do. Okay. That. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Right. Right. State could not. I don't think. Yeah. I. I feel. <laughs> I. I think I see what uh, Fino's burner is trying to get at here, and to to just cut it off right this moment. You don't feel better about whatever you did against Right State because of us comparing Long Beach State to them. That was bad. Okay. Yeah, it was bad. Michigan's was bad too, but. There is an element of like, oh, damn, Long Beach State can hoop a little bit. Uh, Dion says, finding out Cart doesn't pour canned beer into a cup just now has absolutely rocked me as a person. I personally have no further comment, but hoping that doesn't mean there isn't further comment to be had. Wow. He's mad at me for pouring a beer into a cup? He says he found out you don't pour canned beer into a cup. No, I, I most certainly do. I'm not sure what episode he watched or I, 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 I always pour my can into a, into a glass. I will say this. I record my basement now and I don't always bring a glass down and I got a, uh, I think it's, is it called a wet bar? I don't know if it's called a wet bar or not, but I got a, a fridge and a bar area over here, but there's no glasses there. Cause I just don't like bringing glass down here where I watch sports and can easily throw it at the wall or something. So I just grabbed the can out of the fridge. It's the most you thing I've ever heard. I got a bar right over here. It's a wet bar. I mean, I got everything you need. Just don't have glasses. <laughs> well, I got I got cups that I can put my my passion fruit uh on Civic in, but I don't I don't have like a, a a beer glass. Maybe just put some glasses at your bar. You know, that's I could. I definitely could. I I, surely, yeah, I will. Do you not I I'm I'm sorry, not you. Are you supposed to pour canned beer into a cup? You don't have to, but I'm pretty sure it's like pretty common that like if you're at home and you had a glass, like you pour a beer in a glass. Mm. To me, that just creates more dishes to do. Very true. But I that's a whole nother subject. I used to always have this thing where I poured everything I drank into red solo cups. And so like my wife became the head of the EPA, basically. And like I can't do anything that hurts the environment anymore. So but yeah, I used to do anything to minimize dishes. And I mean, anything. Yeah, I'm not I, like I'd just rather drink it out of the can. That's what the can's for. But I'm also I'd always prefer draft when ordering at a place just at home. I'm not like rushing to pour it in a random mug unless it's a frosty mug. Then I feel different about it. But 
Yeah, bring some glasses down to your basement bar cart. Uh, Guy is going back at Booby. I think we have a very real rivalry between Guy and Booby. Uh, he says, quoting Rothstein is a new low even for you. Rothstein, sorry, is a new low even for you. Uh, talk about keeping receipts. 26% from three with a screenshot of Weeza Panzo, who Booby gave us in the middle of the offseason. Uh, Guy felt a little ferocious this weekend to me. He did. I don't know. He's a little, I think because Nebraska's undefeated and beat uh, a, a couple 200 Ken Palm teams. He's, he's feeling a little spicy. He can feel good. I'm okay with spice from Guy. I mean, he's, yeah, if he's our Caleb Love, he's our point guard. We're going to have spice sometimes. That's okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I, we, we, can, we can't let our point guard get bullied around and pushed around. So, yeah, I like that guy. Keep it up. Until it yeah. comes back to me, then I fight back, and I'm mean. Yeah, we're here for you, Guy. Uh, yeah, we support what you're doing. Matt F. says, I know this is not a plus-minus podcast, but Madi was plus two in the Butler game. I can't remember a time he wasn't a minus. To me, it seemed that coming off the bench put less pressure on him. He seemed, for the most part, under control, not doing too much. When Kohler is back, Madi getting around six to eight minutes, Cooper 20, the rest split between Kohler and Booker would be an improvement from last year. So I talked about this on the Michigan State video that we recorded in the recap, so I will urge everyone to actually go watch that. But I'll sum it up like this. I do think that Madi does look better coming off the bench just optically. I don't necessarily think Madi's even playing that different. I think like him just coming off the bench for everybody else involved and even Madi and Carson, it just it just works. It really does. I got long thoughts on it if you want to go look at it on the recap video. Uh, but to the second part of Matt's thing, I think you need to prepare yourself for the fact that Kohler coming back isn't gonna is gonna do nothing but eat at Booker's minutes, maybe. Like we yeah. we might not get any Booker minutes coming up. I mean, we're not getting that many right now, but his twenty minutes a day against All Corn State were not as were not inspiring whatsoever to me. So, uh, yeah, I, I and I think we got to take a long hard look at Kohler when he does come back and and see what he can do, especially Kohler, in the four spot. Kohler might have what this team needs. Also, like yes. I, I I buy Jackson Kohler's shot, and I think I buy his rebounding. As crazy as that sounds, over. Mm -hmm some of the other guys in the front court. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he's at because I, I think he put a lot of work in this offseason to be a totally different guy than he was last year. We just haven't been able to see it because of the injury, but could be uh, exactly what the front court needs. We'll see. Uh, guy is going to comment on Nebraska. He says, Nebraska ball is now 5-0 and with a power six win, and you still won't acknowledge our prowess. Yeah, congrats on being 5-0. 4-0. 5-0? 5-0. Congrats. You just signed yourself up for five more years of Hoiberg, probably. <laughs> they look all right, okay? Nebraska Nebraska does look good, guy. Just uh, not at our top of our priority list to talk about Nebraska beating up Ken Palm 300 teams. I'm sorry. We, we, that can stay in the Discord, maybe not on camera on the show. Boom Fizzle 79 says, collectively, the Big Ten is 42 and 13 right now, which is good for an overall winning percentage of 76. That's a lot of math, Boom Fizzle. Says, only two teams are sitting at 500 and one team is below that. Could we be overreacting to how, or could we be overreacting to how bad the Big Ten is looking right now? No, I, I don't think so. I think we're reacting exactly the way we need to react. The conference is not showing well. Uh, and I look at it this way. I'm always I, I don't pay attention to what Purdue does. I kind of expect Purdue to be what they are. And I had more of a long, hard eye on everybody else in the conference. And I think everybody else in the conference has been a letdown up to this point. Honestly. Yeah, agreed. I. 
I don't know how you can like if you not to play like, ooh, are you actually watching the games? But to me, if if you are watching the games, you're not coming away impressed with nearly anybody right now. Like even even the teams you are coming away impressed with have major red flags. Like Illinois looks good, but they rarely play a full 40 minute game and can't shoot and turn the ball over a ton. Michigan State can't shoot at historically bad levels unless Trey Holloman makes five threes. Michigan has no intent on guarding anyone. Ohio State and Indiana just look bad. Wisconsin has major issues that are the same issues they had last year. Maryland looks like they hate each other. So, like, it's just there's there's red flags with all these teams, even if the records don't show it right now. And uh, I don't think there's any way to minimize it. I do think the conference is really, really bad right now. Um, Scrolling further down, uh, Ethan and Matt F. have a couple of responses to Guy that I don't think we need to read on the show. Ulamog, though. Sleeper of the week goes to Boom Fizzle for his elite gift posting abilities and also being an active morning Discord chatter. Always going to juice the algorithm with early listens and downloads. That's very true. Shout out to Boom Fizzle, man. I also enjoy referencing the name Boom Fizzle. Like while we're doing this, I'm like, yeah, like I was I was talking about this the other day in the Discord. Boom Fizzle, like it's just great. Yeah, my guy Boom Fizzle also uh, knows his water. Let's just leave it at that. Right. I mean, that was the controversial topic. And I'm glad that I was on Boom Fizzle's side. Uh, also, again, we say it, I think, a good amount, but I want to say it more. Shout out to Ulamog because he puts real thought into these answers and uh, his picks for this. And it's one of my favorite things on a week to week basis. Ulamog adds a lot to the show. He helps out as like an honorary. Uh, what, what's the word? Discord mod moderator. He was doing timestamps back in the day. He's just out here helping everyone enjoy the show more. I really, really like it. Yeah, hundred. I I feel like Ulamog might have been one of the first people to be like, y'all should think about doing this. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We uh, I would never do this, but we might just need to like rig the next sleepers giveaway for Ulamog. That's very true. Uh, actually, no, but only because like, how have one of us not won sleeper of the week? (laughs) Should we? can we get we, a formal we, formal request from Ulamog that he gives a sleepwalker of the week and then a sleeper of the week and it's either you or yeah, me? Yeah, like keep keep a running tally on who wins sleeper, like the sleeper, like sleeper of the year. Like I think I won the first reiteration of the award. I don't know if you won one yet. We've no, I I won the first sleeper of the year. You won the second sleeper of the year, and then third year we didn't do our sleepers awards. COVID COVID year got canceled. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay, Ulamog, formal request from now on. Give us sleepwalker of the week from the discord and then give us sleeper of the week, which is just me or Carter, or I guess technically uh guy or G fed. Although G fed's kind of not a sleeper anymore. I don't know. Long, long story. I love what G fed's doing, but I don't know. I don't know anymore. Uh, Jay Meisner has, I think the final comment here, he says loving the bonus recaps and previews. And it looks like people are really responding on YouTube. Do you have a plan for what games you want to highlight this week? Or are you going to play it by ear? Um, yeah, I, I think we kind of spoke to it earlier, but just to give a little more clarity, I'm going to make a schedule every week and distribute it to the people who are going to work on this with us every Sunday, and then we're going to have people sign up for what they want to do. Um, for this week, I have every game that is like formally on the schedule listed, and then the games in the big tournaments like Maui and Battle for Atlantis, and I'm sure there's others. Cart and I are going to use for the actual podcast version of our show, because obviously the games and recaps are separate and additional than what the actual Monday through Friday episodes are. So at least for this week, for feast week, our episodes are going to have a lot of Maui and a lot of battle for Atlantis talk. 
And then um, anything that's on the schedule is going to be separate in the recaps and previews. Hopefully that makes sense. Kind of complicated. I have a spreadsheet. Okay. The spreadsheet's going to help us out. It's good. Color, 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 uh, color coordinated one, by the way. It is a very nice color coordinated, color coded spreadsheet. Color coded. Sorry. Damn it. Sorry, TJ. All right, that's all the comments from the Discord. Uh, join the Discord. It is the number one way you can support this show, support this channel. Uh, every every like, every comment helps, but more importantly, every paid sign-up helps. If you find yourself enjoying the show and you find yourself with $9.99 a month to spare and not spend on, like, I don't know, like a medium number seven meal at McDonald's once a month, you can spend it with us, and it would really mean the world and help us grow this significantly. The link to join is in the description of every single video we put on the channel. Cart, let's get right to it. Uh, the first game in Maui that I am excited for. It's Monday. It's Purdue. It's Gonzaga. I don't know how these teams got hit with this draw, quite frankly. Um, I guess somebody had to play Gonzaga, right? That's kind of it. Like when you look at the top teams here, Marquette, Kansas, Purdue. Uh, outside of that, like somebody had to play somebody like either Tennessee or Gonzaga was going to get screwed as the, the fifth team. It's Gonzaga that gets screwed. Gonzaga gets Purdue. And uh, is this trappy? Like, I, I don't even want to call it trappy because Gonzaga is good. Like it wouldn't be a trappy loss if Purdue loses to Gonzaga, but is this going to be a competitive game? Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a competitive game for sure. Um, I think that people not even just people i think everyone has kind of been just down on gonzaga this year i mean you start with the coaches in the media poll everyone picks saint mary's to win it uh and it just seems that everyone's like saint mary's this saint mary's that and gonzaga kind of goes by the wayside but this gonzaga team's got players they got really good guys they did a good job in the transfer portal getting guys like graham uh i is it ek i don't want to mispronounce it. i believe it's ek graham ek nebhard nolan hickman coming back uh brayden huff has been a pretty big surprise up until this point they do have some pieces on this team. And then Anton Watson is just a guy who's ultimate glue guy who's been in college forever. Um, I will say this. I think this game means more to Purdue in my eyes. And I'm not saying it means more to Purdue in like the in the sense of their team and their goals, but I think that people are waiting so much to be like, oh, this is oh, there we go. It's the same old Purdue. And that Purdue does this, but they get to play as a good team and they lose. When in actuality, like you mentioned, them losing to Gonzaga would not be what you would call a bad loss. I think it'd just be a, a team that they they get outplayed by. But uh all at the same time, I do think Purdue wins this basketball game, but I don't think it would be a bad loss for them. But I think it'd be a really good challenge. Um, I'd be way more interested for Purdue to win this game because I would like them to get to the next matchup because I feel like their next opponent will challenge them as far as the guards that they have. But I think it's going to be a really good game. It's a great first game of the uh, uh, of the Maui tournament. Yeah, so I, I just I can't get over how loaded this draw is or this tournament is. Right? Obviously, it, 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 it is it is the greatest MT of all time up until this point. The field is special, and I know you plan this out years in advance, so you can't control it, but, like, there's five teams in the top 11 in the AP poll, like, five in the top nine in Ken Palm here. It's ridiculous. And I'm imagining, like, it would not be a crazy result whatsoever, like, just looking at the team names. It would not be a crazy result whatsoever for Gonzaga to win this tournament until you realize that to win this tournament, they need to beat Purdue, Tennessee, and probably Kansas or Marquette in a three-day span. That's ridiculous. Like that's that's harder to do than it is to win a national championship. 
straight up. Like <laughs> Gonzaga going through this tournament and winning it would be harder to do than winning six games in March. Um, no, I, I want to say whoever wins this should be the number one team in the country. Oh wow, that's where you're at. This is number yeah. one is on the line. If you if you go through this tournament undefeated and on and you're playing, I uh okay, that might be no, actually, no, I don't care. No, 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 no. If you go through this and you win this tournament with this field, I think even if the, if it's if it's one of the weaker teams that advances, if you go through this and win this tournament, you should be the number one team in the country. What if UCLA wins this tournament? I think UCLA should be the number one team in the country if they That's win this. That's crazy. Tournament. That's crazy. Okay. I, I mean, I, you, I respect you what you're saying. Play play for the throne. I respect what you're saying, but you don't. Or where would they? Where would they be if UCLA won this? Top ten for sure. Top ten, top yeah. five, or no? Too far? Maybe, maybe five, six range. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think if UCLA wins three games in this tournament, that means they're better than. Well, Duke soft. I was gonna say Duke, but like, and and they and they'd be undefeated. UCLA hasn't lost yet. I guess, I guess, if they beat Marquette, Kansas, Purdue, or Tennessee, then I guess. I don't. This is crazy, man. This feels loaded. Uh, we're gonna do predictions later in uh, the episode we'll do like formal predictions for every single game of this tournament and come up with a winner, but um, specifically for the Purdue Gonzaga matchup, Purdue has been so good in the non-conference in the regular season. Do you know the last time the Purdue lost a non-conference game? Oh, if I guess this, can I get something? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, can I just guess the year? No, you have to give me, well, I'll give you the exact date. Give me the month and the year. Their last regular season non-conference loss. The last regular season non-conference loss. Uh, I'm going to say it was 2017 at Madison Square Garden. I mean, that's crazy. that you, <laughs> You're giving them a little too much credit here. Their last non-conference loss was December 8th, 2020. Damn it. The players on this team for Purdue. Aaron is a little crazy. Sorry. Aaron Wheeler, Isaiah Thompson, Brandon Newman, Sasha Stefanovich, and Travion Williams started. This team lost to Cam McGusty's Miami, Florida team in the fifth game of their 2020-2021 season. It's absurd. Uh, Zach Eady played 14 minutes in that game as a freshman. And now here we are, fast forward. I mean, this is one of the best teams in the country. But I, I the point is, I think like their non-conference success actually matters here. Because everybody talks about how good they were last year, but like even the year before last year with with Ivy and with Travion, like this team beat North Carolina on a neutral comfortably. This team beat Villanova by six on a neutral. Then you go to last year, they blew out Marquette or the, not Marquette. They blew out Gonzaga and Duke. They beat Marquette. They beat West Virginia on a neutral. Like this team has played good programs. This team is not like had easy cupcake schedules, Iowa, Nebraska style. This team has been in like the biggest moments and has just been dominant in all these settings. And now they play a Gonzaga team who I think you and I both like, we're coming around on. We believe in a little more than we thought we would at the beginning of the season, but they're not great defensively. They're great offensively. Uh, the I don't know what their answer is going to be in the front court. Cause you can't put a six, nine guy on Zach Eady. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to see what they are going to do. Uh, they could pull a Michigan State, let him go for 40, and hopefully you have a chance at the end of the game, shut everybody else off. But I think Braden Smith it, it plays too well for that. So I, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see how few uh, approaches this game because there's a few different things he could do, uh, no pun intended. Uh, but I would assume that he's going to double in this game and make the likes of 
whatever the supporting cast is beat you. And I think I think that's probably the way to go, especially in these Maui games. You know, it's it, the court's a little different, the gym's a little, you know, a little, little uh, humid. It's just, it's just, you know, you see Hawaiian shirts on the sideline. The vibes are just a little different in Maui. So I think that would be probably the way I would go about it. But it, it, it will be interesting to see how they approach it. Braden Huff looks really good. We should say yeah. that. 610 freshman if they were going to put someone who is center sized on Zach Eady I would assume it's Braden Huff I think he's going to draw this assignment a little bit Braden Huff I I don't expect him to hang defensively I just think that's a tough task to ask for a freshman but what I do expect is that Braden Huff could step outside and draw Zach Eady out of the paint a little bit and I think that matters Braden Huff's two for three uh from three against Yale he was one for two from three in their uh unranked game against Eastern Oregon like Three for five on the year from three. He's scored in 21 points a game right now. That's kind of at least eye-opening. Like I, We're talking about how they got to guard Zach Eady, but is Zach Eady going to be able to get out on the perimeter and guard Braden Huff? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, are you 100% convinced as Braden Huff is like this like scoring guy? Are you asking me if I'm 100% convinced that Braden Huff's real? Yeah, basically. I'm not. No. Okay, I I I I really want to see it. Like we we might get a Braden Braden Huff uh kind of coming out party in this, but as of right now, the only thing I have is I watched some Matthew Loves Ball and the ten to twelve people that I follow from Gonzaga Twitter telling me that this this guy's got something. So I I'm really excited to see it. Are we gonna know who the better Braden is at the end of this game? We already know who it is. It's Braden. <laughs> no questions asked. No questions. Okay. All right. Noted. Um, one thing I am intrigued by is this is a veteran backcourt for Gonzaga and a lot was made of the inexperience of Smith and lawyer down the stretch and more importantly, the turnover stuff, but Ryan Nemhard and Nolan Hickman have played a lot of basketball. This is true. They're both upperclassmen at this point. They're both juniors. They've both been on the floor since they were true freshmen in very serious roles for their teams. Um, there's a chance that they dominate this game. Like I, I wouldn't necessarily bet on it because I really believe in Braden Smith, but like this is one of the better backcourts in the country and it's a Nemhard brother. I never want to see a Nemhard if I am a guard. Oh, you, you remember what this Nemhard did in Maui last year with Creighton, right? Yeah, he was great. He was special. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm excited to see it. The thing is, it, does Purdue have somebody that can like check really well and push the ball up if there's pressure? Do they have a guy for that? Wait, what are you what are you trying to lead me to here? You lost. Like, me. is there is there a guy on Purdue that can like handle pressure really well and like and just be there? What I've heard is that they added just that guy. He Did can they? actually he can actually secondary ball handle and uh, create his own shot a little bit. Oh. Yeah. That's not okay. That that'll be massive. That'll, that'll be really important in this one. <laughs> I'm sick. I didn't catch on to that quicker. <laughs> uh, here, here's why I think Purdue wins this game. I think it bodes really well. Gonzaga doesn't force turnovers. That's kind of always been the case. That's not how Gonzaga wants to play under Mark Few. Right now, they're 268th in the country in forced turnover percentage. Um, I, I think that if you had the veteran backcourt duo and like they were approaching this game in like a we're going to get in your shit way, this game would scare me a little more because I like that mixed with a perimeter threat at the five. 
I don't like a backcourt that doesn't want to pressure Braden Smith at all. And I don't I don't think Gonzaga is going to put any pressure on Braden Smith in this game. It's just going to be an up and down fun little game. I think this will be a high scoring game, a fast tempo game. I think Purdue can score with Gonzaga, though. And at the end of the day, Purdue's going to be getting better shots every time down the floor because Braden Smith is a savant passing the ball and Zach Eadie's a cheat code. So if honestly, if Gonzaga wants to play their typical super up-tempo style here and not pressure Braden Smith at all, I think this could get ugly for Purdue, like in a win the game in an ugly way. Like I think they could win this game by 15, 20 points. Oh, really? Okay. Is, is that what you're going with as the official prediction? Uh, well, I want to save predictions for later in the show. Okay. Okay. No, I don't. I'm going with Purdue by 22 points. Oh, no, 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 I'm going, I'm going Purdue. I am going Purdue. Purdue's going to win 85 to, to 80. Okay. Oh, like, do you think this is like a final couple possessions game? Yes. Okay. What's Zach Eady have in this game? Uh, I I think it's going to be a double and he's passing a lot. So, I mean, even (laughs) double he's passing a lot with all that said, he's going to get 20 and 15, (laughs) 28 and 15 for Edie in this one. What does Braden Huff have? Seven. And four. So Lance Jones numbers. No, but he can't (laughs) handle pressure. All right, uh, very excited about this game. Looking forward to it. Good luck to both Purdue and Gonzaga. Let's go to game number two here. It's UCLA against Marquette. Uh, We're not previewing every game in Maui because, no offense, we don't need to preview Kansas and Chaminade. And uh, as excited as I am for Tennessee and Syracuse, we're not going to do a preview in that one, although I do think that could get spicy. More on that later. In the interim, UCLA Marquette is a really, really good one. They're on the opposite side of the bracket of the Purdue and Gonzaga game that we just broke down. Go to the channel if you want to see the recap of that or the preview of that. Uh, UCLA, I don't think we know anything about them yet. And maybe that's a little, I, I don't know, maybe maybe that's broad for me to say. But they've played the weakest schedule in the country of any high major. They're 3-0. and They've played St. Francis, Lafayette, and LIU. The highest ranked team on Ken Palm, which is 329th in the country right now. They have not done great against the spread. They covered by a point against St. Francis. Then they've come way under what they were supposed to beat Lafayette and LIU by. And there's a lot of pieces in and out. Supposedly, uh, Burke is in. And I apologize. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. I just don't know how to do it. But him and Ademara were on paper supposed to be maybe the two best players on this team, either them or Adam Bona. And they get Burke back for the first game of this Maui Invitational. Very excited to see what he looks like. Ademaro's coming on. He was really good in the third game already. So a lot to like on paper, but just really unproven and still working their pieces together versus a finished product of a basketball team in Marquette that knows exactly who they are, how they want to win games, and, oh, by the way, just did go to Champaign and beat a top 28 team in the country. So uh, what are you expecting from this one? Yeah, I think you honestly put it perfectly when you said that this is a team that has pieces, and I'm speaking on UCLA in this case, that they can find out something about themselves when they get all those pieces together and they can see what they look like together. This Marquette team, and I don't know if it was – and honestly, no, I do know what it was. 
I unfortunately was unable to look past, look past the fact that my team put them out of the tournament last year. And for that, I give a little double test chat, a little double chest tap. And I apologize because this Marquette team is so damn good. Like they are really, really good. Tyler Kolek is really good. Cam Jones is really good. Oso is really good. Uh, I still think that guys like Joplin and Gold and other guys on this team are kind of remaining to be seen, but they're just all like so tough and all play together, know their roles. It's just a, it's a really, really perfect and good team. Like there's really no other way to put it. This UCLA team has something though. They do, especially if they can kind of get these international guys kind of put, put into the fold, but uh, granted, not against great competition. I love what I've seen from the freshman Sebastian Mack. He's a guard, averages around 12 points, three assists, like two rebounds, shooting 40%. But he's just aggressive. And he's I got to stop you. Huh? I'm sorry. I got to stop you. I apologize for cutting you off. I know we hate when we do this. He said he's averaging around three assists. He has three assists on the year in three games. Did I did I read that wrong? I'm sorry. Yeah. So that this was just my note. Like I I I'm with you on everything we like on paper on UCLA. I don't. Oh, three, I don't like three, their guards. Three, three rebounds, one assist. My fault. I did it backwards. That's on me. So yeah, you're good. I just. I don't like their guards at all, and I'm. I'm sorry. I totally cut you off. But like, but, but do, do you not? Really, you don't like Sebastian Mack? He looks good. He's not like point guard. Yeah, he's not. But I. I don't. It's just something about him. He's got like that. I don't really care. Like I think I'm better than everybody, and it kind of works. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. No. Look, the freshmen are awesome, right? Ademar is awesome. He's super awesome. He's seven like, three. He's a top five pick in this draft. He's awesome. Like um, it could get it could get nasty in this game. I'm not sure who's going to guard Kolick, but whoever's guarding Kolick, it could get nasty. But in my head, Sebastian Mack wants Kolick. Like he wants that. He's he's kind of a little he's he's got a little loose up here for good reason, like in a good way, and I like it. He wants Kolick. I mean, you're talking me into Sebastian Mack. I like that a lot on paper. Uh, I've also never – I've just never seen this much love for a guy who, like, had one 18-point game out of three. Like, he had 11 and nine in the other two, and he's not a passer. I don't know. Like, it's, the way, I, I'm telling, it's, it's something about the way he plays. You know, I, I just – I gravitate towards guys like that. For sure. I like him. He's going to be one of our favorite players. Um, mm-hmm. I like Ademara. I think he's super talented. I think Bona's really good. He's kind of actually making a, a sophomore leap here. Um, Jan Vide, another another freshman who barely played in their first two games, and then in game three just stumbled in and had seven assists in 22 minutes. Like, there are things to like with UCLA. There's also, like, seven different guys who just turned 18 and <laughs> – yeah. speak different languages and now are thrown into Hawaii and are playing a team full of 22 year olds who have one of the best point guards in the country, if not the best point guard in the country. We just did this dance cart. We did this dance with Illinois and I talked myself into Illinois in a raucous environment with the orange shirts everywhere. I talked myself into a team with no point guard beating Tyler Kolick. You know what happened? Tyler Kolick decimated them and give, give Illinois credit for hanging around. But Tyler Kolick just dismantled them piece by piece, destroyed them play by play the entire first half. And now here we are with a talented, young, international heavy UCLA team that we love the ceiling of four months from now. Do I love them enough to go up against Tyler Kolick without a point guard? They do not have a point guard. This is the same formula we just saw with Illinois. And Tyler Kolick was awesome in Marquette 1. You're you're making a great point, but you're forgetting something. You're forgetting a very key factor. Mick Cronin. No, not oh, well. Mick Cronin is a part of that. Don't get me wrong. He's in the parentheses at the end of this equation. But Stock you're forgetting this one. No, no, it's not in March yet. You're forgetting this equation though. That game was in Champagne. 
that game was just I'm heading over to the Midwest. They're heading over waters. Okay. You're playing a guy, you're playing a bunch of international guys. Oh. They're you they they thrive over the waters. They thrive in gyms that are in random places. They they were born in these gyms. And you're telling me they might not have a special moment in those gyms. With that said, Marquette wins by 15 plus. It's a hilarious point. I really like the point. Uh, do you think Mick Cronin's just like talking to these guys and telling them they're in Italy? <laughs> like, like if these guys are convinced they're on an overseas trip, they're great. And if they're in the U.S., they're not. No, they literally, um, they they definitely, they definitely fly private. And he did something to the tickets to say like they're flying to Croatia. So funny. I, mean, I love the point though. That's the thing. It's like I'm laughing. You have me ready to bet UCLA. I'm like, no, 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 no. Great no. point. They're no, gonna step in. Oh no! Counterpoint. This isn't at the Lahaina Civic Center. Oh, it's not. Damn. Okay, I'm, I'm back out. I'm back. It's out. at a real college arena that's gonna feel like it's in Hawaii. Yep. I'm back out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Marquette by 15. <laughs> yep. Marquette by 15. All right. Uh, this should be a really, really entertaining, fun game. I think this is honestly the game I'm most excited for. No offense to Purdue and Gonzaga, but um, I think this is going to be a game where we, again, I love the matchup of the team we know versus the team we don't know. We love the talent everywhere. It's going to be really, really fun. And it's also a battle of the two shortest coaches in this tournament, as far as I know. Uh, those those picks came out today. Oh, yeah. All, yeah, like we got the boilers in the stand. Shout out to Craig and all them doing great coverage over here in Hawaii. Although I am, I'm starting to get wor- worried about Craig after dark. Like I'm worried we're going to get just like, like a mirror pick at some <laughs> point. And I'm really excited for it. I want that. But uh, my guy, my guy Craig was sending the pictures of all the coaches at the panel and Mick Cronin might be four foot 11. Well, that explains his demeanor though. Mm, yeah. It's all making sense now. Yeah, that that he he Mick Cronin Mick Cronin can't be the way he is and be six three. Yeah, you're right. It's all making sense now. All right, uh, should we do predictions? Should we go right into Maui predictions? I feel like it makes sense to do Maui before we go to Battle for Atlantis. Yeah, let's do Maui predictions. Okay, so let's we're gonna go game by game together. You and I have to predict who's gonna win. Should we do a throwback to our first ever sleepers prediction episode? Should we do like coin toss tiebreaker? Ooh, we can do that. Didn't we have Roby in as a, as a tiebreaker one day? We tried to have a lot of third chairs, and none of them ever worked until we found Riley Davis. That's true. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we can do a coin flip. If uh, you got a coin, I don't have a coin. Do you have a coin? I I I don't even have glasses. Yeah, there's no way we have a coin. So do we? We do just like... gotta come to an agreement. Wow. Oh no, we might be here forever. Then okay. Game one: Tennessee against Syracuse. We didn't preview this game, but I am like oddly excited for this. I love that this is the first game of the tournament. Who wins? I am too. I think Tennessee wins it. Do you think it's like kind of close though? I do think it's close, but I think Tennessee wins it. I think Judah Mintz and JJ Starling will be able to keep it a fun, closer game, but Tennessee just has too much. And I don't believe in the other guys outside of those two guys I just named from Syracuse. Okay. Um, I'm going to let you have this. But I want to go on record and say this. I think Syracuse wins this game. Wow. I think we're – I know they've duped me. Like, I know I keep betting Syracuse, and everybody's like, Greg, please stop betting Syracuse. Um, here's where I'm at with Syracuse. I think when the, the ball is rolled out for this game, it's going to matter that Judah Mintz is the best player on the floor. I think it's going to matter. 
I think he's a guy who can go against the Tennessee defense and actually like go get his and be special. And if Judah Mintz has a special first half and Tennessee happens to like look around and be like, oh, wait a second, we're losing again. Like they were to Wofford or whoever it was. Like, I think this could get a little bit dicey. And uh, it's if you haven't been able to tell the results around college basketball in the last three days have been like they make no sense. You know what I mean? Like nothing that's supposed to happen happens. There's going to be a game in this tournament where somebody great loses. Greg, don't don't fall for this. The reason it wasn't great and the reason it was weird is because everyone's looking forward to this week. Okay. Yeah, you're right. But I okay. So proposition for me before we keep going <laughs> game by game. Who are the best four teams to you? Purdue, Tennessee, Marquette, Kansas. Those are the best four in this tournament. Yeah. Does any one of those four lose their first game? No, but out of those teams, Tennessee probably has the most chance to lose. One of them's going to lose. That's my prediction. I think we're gassing this up that it's the greatest tournament of all time. And I think at least one, maybe two, lay an egg and lose. Okay. If the, if it ends up being three, everyone's coming back to you because you ruined the greatest. <laughs> you, you ruined the greatest midseason tournament of all time. Listen, man, the greatest, greatest Maui Invitational ever in the championship is Judah Mintz against uh, your boy from UCLA. Sebastian Mack. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tennessee advances because I don't feel like arguing it. Purdue against Gonzaga. We both already predicted Purdue comfortably. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, down to the bottom half of the bracket, Kansas against Chaminade. Yeah. Lee Bailey ain't walking through that door. Give me Kansas. Yeah, it's Kansas. Uh, how many Hunter Dickinson testicular points do we get in this game? Uh, I set the line at over two and a half. I set it at two and a half, and I take the over. Yeah, I'd hammer the over. UCLA Marquette, who wins? I got Marquette. I got Marquette as well. Okay, so we've just put the four best teams into the semifinals. Again, I want to go on record. Not going to happen. Somebody's losing. In fact, I'd love to know what a money line parlay is of the four favorites tomorrow because if it's like around even odds, that's a really interesting proposition. I wish we could like get a sleeper's boost on that. Exactly. Uh, Tennessee against Purdue in the semi would be a really, really interesting game. We'll preview this when we get to the day of the games. Like we'll have previews up as part of our episodes, but um, on paper, who wins Tennessee or Purdue? I think I'm going Purdue. I love Dalton connect. I do too. Is Dalton connect. Wait, wait a second. Hold on. Let's walk this back. Is Dalton connect being guarded by Fletcher lawyer or Lance Jones? Who is guarding? Wait, who's guard? Actually, hold on a second. Let me walk this all the way to goddamn back. Who is guarding Dalton Connect on this team? Morton or Jones? I think I I think I might have Tennessee winning this game, Greg. Who's guarding Zach Eady? I mean, they got to do. They got some t- they got some tough bigs on Tennessee. Yeah, and they got bodies too. They can throw at them. Do you think Connect's ready for that special moment, though? Yes, I actually do. Like, I think I agree he's going to have a mismatch, but I think Connect would need to be wired like a dude who's like, I can't believe you're sticking him on me. I'm going to get 35 in this game. I think he's got. I think he's got that. So you're going Tennessee to beat Purdue? Yeah, I'd like. To, I would like to go Tennessee to beat Purdue. Okay, I can't get over how good Purdue is in non-conference games, which is the single reason why I'm taking Purdue. Okay, but what about this though? They had their non-conference is crazy. Like this isn't just it for Purdue. Like mm-hmm. they got 
some other games coming up possibly outside of the, how far they go in this. They, they do have other games to play. No, I, no, but I'm talking about like some other tough ass non-conference games. You know, Greg, God damn it. <laughs> Just a funny line. Like they got some other games coming up. Like, yeah, they, they do. Uh, I mean, not for a month though. They don't play Alabama and Arizona until December 9th. Okay. Uh, I'm willing to succeed this. I'm not willing to fight for my right with a Rick Barnes team. I like that. Okay, so Purdue. But can I go on record saying that I think Tennessee wins if this is the matchup? Yeah, that's fine. If this actually happens, we'll preview it. Okay, uh, cool. I'm I'm going Purdue. Kansas versus Marquette in the semi. Uh, Marquette. Whoa. I'm dangerously in on Marquette. It's bad. Just after the Illinois win. Yeah, that was just, I mean, that's impre- like for Kolick to go into Champaign on a bad ankle and do what he did and the rest of the team play the way they did. It's not just Kolick either. Like they just play so well. It's it's very impressive. What percent do you think Kolick's ankle is right now? Oh, I think it's, it, I would say it's probably close to 90% right now. Hmm. You think it's worse? Whatever we think the number is, is what decides who I think wins this game for me. Because I mean, have they had they played? They, they they had a game since Illinois, right? I don't believe so. No. Oh, then it it might be good. So in my head, three games in three days is tough for a guy with a bad ankle. Okay. Uh, okay, I see where you're going, but at the same time, I feel like it might be good. If his ankle's okay. good, I like the pick. If his ankle's not good. I I just think that could be it that like wears him down and he doesn't play three straight good ones. Can we can we assume his ankle's good and pick? Yeah, because we want that to happen. Okay, we assume yeah. his ankle's good. Marquette beats Kansas. Wow, crazy. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So then our final is Marquette against Purdue. I got Marquette winning the tournament. Wow. I gotta go to bat for my Purdue. I have to. I have to. I have to. I think if this is actually the matchup, I think Zach Eady puts Oso on a platter and just devours him. I think that Eady does have 30 and devours him, but I also think that we have a matchup between Tyler Kolick and Braden Smith. And he's like, Braden, you're this it's like that. It's like the the meme of the big lizard walking with like the little one, and then the next meme is like a bigger guy like Kolick can hand the reins to Braden Smith once he's gone. Mm. But as long as he's here, he can be the only only Kolick right now. Here's where you've miscalculated. It doesn't matter how Tyler Kolick approaches the matchup with Braden Smith. Because Braden Smith will show up for that matchup. And I, I might be jumping ahead of myself a little much here. But I, I think you and I both agree that we believe Braden Smith is who he is. Oh, I believe he is who he is, but I also believe that Tyler Kolick shows him who he is. I think it was John Fanta had his predictions. He tweeted out who wins and who's MVP of this tournament. He said Purdue wins and Braden Smith is the MVP of the tournament. I love that prediction. I think this is the week that the world learns who Braden Smith is. And there would be no better way for that to happen than to face the best white point guard in the country, maybe the best point guard in the country. And there's this kid with a goatee that looks like shit, just rolling his shorts up in Tyler Kolick's shorts for 40 minutes. And everybody who's in Texas, who's never watched Purdue before is like, who the hell is that? And everybody's like, Oh, wait a second. It's Braden Smith. And he has, he has three years left. 
What? Yeah, this is Braden Smith's week. That's where I'm at on this. And if they played Kansas, I'd feel differently because it's a totally different matchup. But if it comes down to Braden versus Tyler with Zach Eady over there getting 30 on his own, I don't know how we don't go to go to war for our guy Braden in this spot. If you get a championship game matchup in here that you could pick, are you picking that matchup? Or would you rather have No, I want I want Edie against Hunter. Okay. Yeah, I want okay. that. We there there's a great chance for some great matchups. And I the teams just need to do what they need to do. Yeah, I, I want Edie against Hunter. Also, uh, you know, in the first person shooter video when J. Cole is like the Spider-Man meme, is me looking at Drake and then they yeah. act out. I feel like Tyler Kolick would say the Spider-Man meme is me looking at Bray. But the thing is, you want to be the person who's being pointed at. You don't want to be the person pointing because Tyler Cole looks Jake Cole in this scenario and Braden Smith is Drizzy. And that's how I feel about this. Uh, I, I just I just want you to know that I don't like what you just did, <laughs> but I, I don't have anything to say against it. I just want it to be out there that I'm not a fan. Okay, understood. It was a stretch. I'm sorry. Me and you both love Drake and J. Cole. And I know the I know the the metaphor, the the scenery you were trying to point, but you really just threw Tyler Kolick and Braden Smith into that. And, I mean, what I, what I'm trying to do is like make the statement that like being the guy being pointed at is better than being the guy pointing. Like there's there is some psychology to that behind I'm the guy being pointed at. It, it would it would be nice to have for Braden Smith to be really good so people stop looking at us sideways when we try to tell him like Braden Smith is like not just some gimmicky ass like Purdue point guard like he's one of the best point guards in the country. Everybody in this tournament's lucky they don't see Zed Key. <laughs> Let's move to uh we, <laughs> we want to do the same thing for the battle for Atlantis. Uh my team is in this tournament. Riley Davis's team is in this tournament. I believe we're gonna have some previews. My team I, is also my team is also in there. Are you trying to claim Memphis? My Tigers. Why are you trying to claim Memphis again? Is it just because they're playing Michigan? That's it? No, because I had I had on our hot take stream that they're going to make an Elite Eight. Okay, so we have our Creighton and we have your Memphis. That's where we're at right now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, We're going to do the same thing we just did with Maui. If you want to see the Maui video, go on our channel. But um, game by game, let's predict who wins. North Carolina versus Northern Iowa. Who wins? North Carolina. Is this dicey at all? North Carolina lets teams hang around. No, I, I I looked at they do let teams hang around, but looking at Northern Iowa, they they just don't have enough. <laughs> AJ Green ain't walking through that door. Good offense though, right? Like they can hoop a little bit. Yeah, but if what are they going to go offense for offense with North Carolina? That's not. I don't think that's how you want to beat them. I like Bowen Bourne. I want to say that it's a great name. I like I like Bowen Bourne, the player and the name. I'm surprised. Really? I'm surprised Booby hasn't come in with Bowen Bourne yet. Honestly, I, I I'll be honest with you. I do not know who Bowen Bourne is. Oh, he's nice. He's nice. Yeah, you, you might know him after the North Carolina game because I could see him having like twelve in the first half, and all of a sudden things get dicey. And then, all right, let me let me tap in. So you got North Carolina winning though after all that, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, okay, Vill- yeah. Villanova, Texas Tech. This see, honestly, can I just say this real quick? This tournament, like. I love the battle for Atlantis. Historically, it's been my favorite tournament of the preseason because I just love the ballroom setup. I love the lighting in the background. I think it's hilarious. And if I could pick one to go to, I would love to be at the battle for Atlantis. But like going from previewing Maui to previewing this is just like the horrible off-brand version of it, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Like how we're supposed to gas up Villanova, Texas Tech? 
at the same time, can I pick Texas Tech in this? You can, but like, ugh. yeah. But, I mean, they got Cambridge. They got some. They got. They got some guys. I like McCaslin. They're good defensively. Um, I don't know. I think that Villanova did look really good in that bounce back win uh, at home against Maryland. I like. I don't want to take anything away. I I know Maryland played bad, but part of that was because of how Villanova played. Um, mm, I think this game will be close, but I'll put my my turtle neck slander aside for a second, and I will I'll pick Villanova to win close, like game winner type close, or like Texas Tech has a chance to win it, but then they realize they don't have a guy who can hit a shot to win it. Part is this game being played in the Battle for Atlantis? Is it being played in Pennsylvania? It is not. It's being played in Atlantis, right? It is. Give me Texas Tech. Uh, I so I think this Villanova team is really good at home. I think they're who you think they are away from home. We're saying, oh, look how good they were against Maryland, right? Villanova scored fifty-seven points. They scored fifty-seven points in the game. We're just saying they just played really good. That game was way, way, way more about how bad Maryland is right now and how much Maryland's guys hate each other than it was the Villanova turned the corner. Villanova's offense looked like shit against Maryland. Now they go up against a top ten defense in the country. Overseas, in Atlantis, in a ballroom. I'll take the team with some dogs. I think Let's that's. I, I think that's Grant McCaslin's team. Okay, I like that pick. Thank you for like getting me there. I kind of like half ass stepped into I wanted it. Which why do I keep doing that? Why don't I just take oh. the chance to get on Villanova? I don't know. You've gone a little dukish on me a little bit. The hell, a little dukish. Like this this month's version of you is just like I could see you like starting at the four for Duke. Uh, well, sorry to the people who didn't want us to get chippy on this episode, but that was so insulting. I mean, I could be comparing you to Paolo Bencaro. I could be comparing you to Flip. I have great hips and I have the Uber app. <laughs> Michigan, Memphis, who wins this game? Oh, you got to be honest. We didn't, we didn't clarify that. You need to be honest in what you think here. I know. I'm trying to think because... I do think – oh, not I do think. Memphis is really good defensively. I think they're really good defensively. So – ah, ah. Are we sure? I have watched one and a half full Memphis games. I've watched every Matthew Loves Ball, the full games I didn't watch. Their second half defensive performance against Missouri was very, very special. And I think that Missouri is a good offensive team. Even though they even though they struggled in the first half against Minnesota, I still think they're a good offensive team. Uh, and they lost to Jackson State tonight, so this kind of sucks to say this. But I still think that Missouri does some good things offensively. Uh, and I consider Memphis to be a pretty good basketball team. So uh, I think Michigan will probably win in a bounce-back spot. I think it's a good game for them to bounce back. Um, and I don't think that Memphis can necessarily pack the offensive power, like power punch to keep up with Michigan, the way they're scoring the ball right now. Okay. Uh, just quick, quick on Missouri saying you like their offense. Missouri scored 38 points and then 30 points in back-to-back halves against SIU Edwardsville. Then they had the debacle of whatever it was against Minnesota. Then tonight they just lost to Jackson state at home. Yeah, I like their offense. It's not about it's not about the ball going, and I just like the offense. Okay, yeah, I I don't know why. Um, 
I think Memphis is probably good. This is the me versus John Martin Bowl. Love John Martin. Great guy. Great after dark host. Great radio talent. Everything about John Martin. Love him. Great gambler. Uh, this, this, oh man. 3-0 and Memphis team doesn't scare me as much as like 2-1 and Memphis would that's pissed off. And I don't know what the psychology of that is. Like, obviously, you if you're better, you win the games. But there's something about Memphis coming into this game, like, thinking they're really good because they just beat Alabama State by 17. And they get a pissed-off Michigan that knows they're really good and just laid a giant egg. I like the psychology of that for the Wolverines. Um, I also think, like, it's very clear at this point Michigan only wants to play one way. And it's they want to get up and down. And they want to outscore you. And Memphis also wants to get up and down. And they don't really turn you over too much. And I think when it comes down to it, I think I trust Michigan to outscore Memphis. Like if this is just a crazy high possession game and it's Jelly Fam JQ versus Doug McDaniel, I feel pretty good about being on Doug McDaniel's side of that equation. Is it okay if I feel good about being on JQ's side? It's fine. You've always been a JQ believer more than I have been. I think more than his own family has been, to be honest. Which one, the real one or the jelly one? Uh, I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, I do know what it means, but I, yeah, I didn't like. I didn't know if you were like trying to make a real family joke that scared me a little bit. No, not at all. Okay, I, but I, do, but I do think that this, this to me is Michigan's first. Actually, no, St. John's was the first test, but. Saw what happened to them boys too. Yeah, we did see what happened to them boys. I was in Madison Square Garden. I don't know. I, I, for me personally, because I really respect this, this Memphis team, and I think they're really good, and I think they're like go far in the tournament. Good. Michigan beating them would go a long way for how I feel about Michigan. Okay. So, are you picking Michigan? I am picking Michigan to win. Yes. Are you picking Michigan because you know I'm going to pick Michigan? You don't feel like fighting me? No, I actually think Michigan will win. Okay, then I'm going to pick Memphis. So, what do we do here? What? I pick Memphis to win this game. You pick Michigan. Why'd you pick Memphis? Just because I want to see how you're going to handle it if you have to talk me into Michigan. Okay. Let's, Let's put see. Michigan through. You're wait, right. Wait, wait a second. No, you're, you're, you're right. Michigan's going to win this game. You're right. I'm wrong. You're right. Michigan's going to win. Let's move on. Arkansas-Stanford. Arkansas is coming off a really horrible loss. Uh, do you think that Stanford could pull the upset here or no? No. Arkansas. Pissed off Arkansas too? Yep, pissed off Arkansas. Uh, but one of my favorite players in the country is Peja Stoyakovich's son who plays for Stanford, and I love his game, and I hate that he went to Stanford. Yeah, he's fun. He's going to be really fun to watch in this tournament. I'll take Arkansas as well. So this is, I think, the second straight time. No, we have Texas Tech. I was going to say second straight time. We've just had all the favorites into the semis, but we don't. We have Texas Tech. So into the semis, North Carolina, Texas Tech, Michigan, Arkansas. That would wow, that would be a fun game. Who wins Carolina and Texas Tech? Who wins? Oh. Carolina, North Carolina has been flirting with scares too much that I feel like they gotta slip up at one point and it's gonna be a sometime in this tournament. Doesn't that doesn't that feel like it a little bit the way they've been playing? Yes. And why do I feel like it could be a really Really good defensive, fun team that play. I, I think it could be this Texas Tech team. I, I got Texas Tech to win this game. And then hopefully Texas Tech winning this game will force Hubert to play his better players more than other players. 
Okay. Um, uh, 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 I think I'm with you, but the thing is, I don't like this Texas Tech team this much. This is more just like me fading <laughs> North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina in the last two seasons of Armando Baycott and RJ Davis is 0-4 in neutral games in November. So, like, they, they show up to these tournaments likely as a favorite in most, and across the board, they've lost all these games in this era. So, I uh, I don't think they make the championship. I don't know if that means they lose the first game or the second game, but I, I don't think they win both in a row, which means, by default, we're putting Grant McCaslin's Texas Tech team into the championship. And on the other side, we have Michigan and Arkansas. Shit, who you got? Hmm. I want to say Arkansas, to be honest with you. I just – I don't like this Arkansas roster that much. I I do I, – I, I'm not in love with Arkansas's roster by any means. But, like, when I look at it, like, position by position, I just – I don't know. Like, if – it depends what Namari Burnett you get, and it depends what other what, – what else you get from kind of the wing position on the team as well. I feel like there's not even been that much. Like, you had the Namari Burnett game. You had other people's games. Um, but uh, I don't know. The the fact that I feel like you have to lean on T-Will a little bit too much and Namari Burnett in this game, because I feel like you're going to get what you get from Doug and what you get from Olivier, and Terrace will be Terrace. Uh, I just feel like Arkansas is going to be pissed off, especially about after what happened last week. Like, them coming out and winning this tournament would do wonders for them coming off of that loss that they had. It would put a lot of things to bed. If we get to this game, I don't think Arkansas has an answer for Olivier Kamwa. That's the matchup difference for me. Like I, I go up and down the rosters, and while while I think Arkansas is really talented, and if they play their A game, they can beat anyone, there is not a player on Arkansas's roster that I look at and I'm like, I don't know what Michigan's going to do. Like, we're going to stick Namari Burnett on Tremont Mark. Okay. Like, is L. Ellis just going to shoot over Doug McDaniel all game? I will try. Not that Michigan, like, guards guards, but, like, it, it just – it's one of those where, like, I feel like Michigan has some answers. Where Arkansas – I don't know what their plan would be on Kamwa. Are you putting Brazil on him? Probably, or you might just let, <laughs> or you might just roll the dice and feel like Olivier is going to pull an Olivier, like he's been inconsistent. <laughs> oh, that's what we're doing. We're, we're we're giving him the pull an Olivier treatment after. I mean, I know the final four minutes were bad. We talked about it. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I know the that's what I'm saying. So, it was crazy. Yeah. So so far, he's had really good games almost every game. Stinker inbound. I'm pick. I'm picking Michigan because I truly think in this game they would have to put Brazil on Reed. And then that would mean they put a smaller guy on Olivier. And I think if they put a smaller guy on Olivier, it's wraps. I'm willing to fight to the death for Tremont Mark. I'm not willing to fight for the death for the rest of the Arkansas team. I will give you Michigan. All right. So that means Michigan, Texas Tech in the championship of the battle for Atlantis. Rematch of the NCAA tournament when uh, Texas Tech backed both of our teams up that year. Texas Tech's one of those programs I'm never – you're never going to hear me say, like, I want Texas Tech. I don't ever want to see them. They terrify me. Yeah, ever. Uh Michigan wins it fairly easily, and Phil Martelli hits the cabbage patch in tears, Sharon Moore style, uh, telling Juwan he misses him, and this is for him. Uh, I got Texas Tech winning this game. Truly, I I don't I just don't think Michigan's good enough to win three straight. The same way I was with Carolina, 
the same same exact way I was with Carolina. Like they're gonna lose somewhere along the way. That's where I am with Michigan right now. We could have Purdue, Kansas, all these other teams lifting lifting the Maui Trophy, and then we got a pan to Texas Tech lifting the trophy of the Battle for Atlantis. I don't think anyone should be allowed to win the Battle for Atlantis this year. That's where I'm at. I don't think any of these teams are good enough to like go home as the champion of this tournament. It should just be a participation one. Yeah, just let, why don't we cut it off the semis and be like, let's go to the casinos. That's where I'm at. Do, so do we, uh, in tribute to that, can we not crown a winner? You have Michigan, I have Texas Tech. Let's just not crown who wins out of that. Okay, one. I'm good. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> let's, go, let's go to one big thing presented by Bigby. Uh, what's your one big thing, Cart? My one big thing is don't be the person to come on after these games this week and be like, stop overreacting to Feast Week. Get This is one of the best weeks to overreact. This is one of the best weeks to react. You learn a lot about teams during Feast Week. I still think about times I look back at last year's Maui tournament and things like that. Obviously, Creighton was decimated by injuries and Kyle Brenner getting mono and things like that. But, like, I found out that I loved Creighton last year in Maui. Like, I loved them in that setting. So, there's no such thing as, like, overreactions to what happens in Feast Week. Just react to what you see and trust your eyes and don't be that person that's like being the fun police telling you to not react. Yeah. Okay. I I'll take that to heart. You'd never have to tell me not to overreact. <laughs> that's very true. My one big thing is uh, this is actually basketball related today. Sorry if people want a non basketball related one big thing for me, but uh, St. Mary's don't think we forgot about you. Okay. Uh, y'all thought you were like the cute little underdog that could. Y'all thought you were the favorite. Y'all thought you were the big bad man on the West Coast. Uh, Gonzaga who? Oh, yeah, we're better than y'all now. We're, we're the champs. Coaches picked us, not Gonzaga. Bullshit. Your last three games, you lost to Weber State by four at home, and then you rolled that into a 25-point dog walking to San Diego State, who's in a dog fight with Washington right now. Yeah, Paul Mulcahy and Severe Wheeler is who they're in a dogfight with. And then tonight you follow that up with a whopping 17-point loss to Sean Miller's Xavier team that's missing his two best players. This is a joke of a start to a season for a team that's supposed to be good, that returned everything that mattered from a good team last year. And Aiden Mahaney, where are you? We've got a bat for you. We've talked about you. We've said you're a killer. You don't look like a killer right now. You look like a horrible first option. If you want to find a white killer, stop looking on the West Coast. Just head to West Lafayette. Let's not find any white killers. Oh, man. That was the Sleepers Podcast. We'll see you Tuesday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.